Hello and welcome to the NFL Puddle with me, Ralph Farthing, and of course, Rob Deacon. Rob Deacon today sporting a number 59 jersey. Go on, Rob, tell me, who's the number 59 you're wearing today? So number 59 is Luke Cookley. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. Now retired middle linebacker uh, for Carolina Panthers. One of the smartest uh, people to play the game, right? Exactly, exactly. When I got was started getting back into the game in 2016, uh, 2017, he was just a player who kind of really resonated with me because he uh, he was a pro bowler, so he was clearly one of the best in, in the game. Specifically in that role of middle linebacker, he acted kind of as like a quarterback for the de- defence. And the, I guess one of his biggest things, let alone his kind of really strong tackling, was his reading of the game and his in- intelligence. He studied the game, studied so much film, so much so that he could pretty much anticipate so many offensive moves that he would have seen on film. He would have caught that. He knew how they were calling plays. And so he would make audibles you know, at the line of scrimmage and say, look, hold on, move this, da, 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 and orchestrate the defence so that they could respond to the play that was being made. But unfortunately, he retired at the age of 29 because it really seemed like he had so much more to offer. And maybe the Panthers would be in a slightly better position <laughs> if he was still playing. Well, I think they definitely would be, wouldn't they? He was fantastic. I think that was one of those things, watching All or Nothing. You just watch him studying the game. And it is intriguing to watch someone take that much care. And it, he kind of really did resonate the professionalism of what they do. You know, mm. full, uh, full marks for you tonight, Rob, wearing that jersey. <laughs> That's excellent. So one of the other things that came to me in the last week was the fact that the scheduling system isn't just an algorithm. The scheduling system is something that has been created that works off the success of the teams. Correct, yeah. Do you know much about that? Because I saw this, I had no idea that that's what it was. Yeah, well, again, it was just obviously through following the game over the last so many years. For me, it was probably about two or three years ago where I was just like, okay, I want to understand how this works because obviously there's a rhyme and reason to it and and it's quite interesting. And there's a formula where you kind of switch around playing divisions in both your own conference and the opposing conference. But what I think is the best and the thing I like most about it is that there's also this kind of seeding to it so that if you finish top of your division, then you will play teams who are the the top of your other divisions in your same conference or now, especially also in the opposing conference with the 17th game. As the regular season is done, and as soon as those final games are done, well, you know who every team is playing next season. What you don't know is when and how, and how that will be sliced and diced for, the, for who gets the prime time TV slot. Which is what the big money, right? Yeah, so that's when people want, they want those big Thursday night games, and they want the Sunday evening games. And Yes. Okay. And, and which ones fall on Thanksgiving or Christmas, and all of those kind of things like that. So one of the interesting parts of that is that, once again, this is something that we don't see in UK sport, neither rugby or soccer. There isn't a balancing of the table. You know, yes. You can be particularly strong within either of our sporting leagues and just remain being really strong because you play everyone all the time. And there isn't any kind of bias to it that balances out what's going to happen. That's correct. And obviously you don't have the relegation system. So the NFL and other US sports have implemented all these ways of kind of bringing equity to the table. But specifically within the NFL with this scheduling system, you know, I, I think it's great and it's inspiring. And also you can then maybe look even to a success story a little bit like the Bengals last year, 
and think that they were playing the last season's schedule based on being a fourth place team in the uh, AFC North. Obviously, they had to play, you know, in their own division. Which same is a tough division, but, right? Yeah, which is a tough division, and they had to, to to overcome that, and that was obviously one of their biggest challenges. But they also played fourth place teams three extra times. That had to have helped them this season. They're playing first place teams, and that's why maybe also some of the kind of fetting houses of Bengals odds are, are so low down, uh, mm-hmm. you know. So these things, I, I think, are inspirational in the way how it balances things out. I think one of our conversations in the future is going to be about how you can actually catapult yourself from being kind of one of the lowly teams into mm. going all the way through to the Super Bowl, similar to what the Bengals did. And I think this process plays part of that, doesn't it? It 100% does. It tries to create competition. We saw such incredible competition last year, even the best I can remember over the last kind of four to five, six years, is, you know, how the NFL is encouraging that competition and, and, and balance. Yeah. So one of the things that you brought to my attention, which I had no idea of, even right up until these last couple of weeks, with these scheduling videos that they release, the, the social yes. media pieces, uh, one of which you brought to my attention was the Chargers. I was slightly less impressed by the Steelers offering. Quite liked the Lions one. Had a bit of a kind of scoot around on YouTube and saw what was going on and what was being put out. Found the the, uh, the Denver Broncos one a little bit weird. Has the case Manning and Russell yeah. <laughs> Wondered if the chef was going to cook Peyton Manning's noodle arms. Um, that was that was news to me, and it raises the opportunity for each franchise to then go out and say, right, I'm going to put out the best bit of social for this period. Yeah, and and also this is obviously such a quiet time for the NFL yep. in terms of their kind of annual offering. So the way that they can make noise. From, again, from my experience of it, they're making more noise than ever with it. With the teasing out of announcing those games, you know, started with the international games a, a week ago and then teasing it out with, with some of the primetime fixtures leading up to uh, the other Thursday with these elevated video offerings that we're getting from all the teams, which are getting really fun and creative, you know, and capturing imagination. It's so, business, uh, isn't it? It's a big business. And, you know, obviously one of the things we haven't touched on yet, but I think one of the things for me that makes the NFL so appealing is its limited access nature of it. I mean, we, we you know, here in the UK, you know, we're in, we watch and follow football and, and rugby seasons that, that literally last kind of eight or nine months. And, and look, we love the sports and we love having those things happen. But because of it, they do go on and the seasons go on and on and on. And, uh, that some of that magic and anticipation and savouring of it is just lost with the, the regular and extended nature of it. And, and what makes of overexposure, it... right? Yes. And what the NFL has, in actually contrary to actually the other kind of major American sports, is that regular season lasts four months and it's now running to 18 weeks. It was 17 weeks and 16 games and then it's gone. And then you have to wait a whole kind of another kind of Eight, eight and a half, nine months for it to come around again. And, you know, compared to baseball, which they play, you know, like 160 games over a summer and basketball, which is 82 games over a kind of, what, eight-month period and stuff like that, where they're playing every almost pretty much every other night. The NFL's part of its appeal is its limited, special, kind of uh, exclusive nature of it. It keeps it... Uh, keeps Generates the appeal. anticipation. Yeah, so everyone's kind of always busting, waiting for it to come back, you know. And yes, 
And like I say, with the other American sports, you know, they've got them where they're running all season long or months and months and months and months. And it just becomes a little bit humdrum and rotate, you know, whereas that, you know, you can see why TV numbers are so huge for NFL in the States. You know, they're the biggest numbers on anything by such a large margin because of that, because it's a real special experience. I suppose that leads me on to a bit about anticipation. And are there any particular games now you've seen the schedule and where they're lying and how they're going to happen? Are there any games that you're anticipating? Oh, oh, there definitely are. I guess let's start it right at the head of the season. And again, this is just the NFL being very smart about these things. And there was speculation of what the opening game would be. Always it traditionally features the Super Bowl winner. And obviously we all knew who the LA Rams were about to face, but it was like, who should they face? And there was clearly like a kind of consensus amongst all the kind of pundits and stuff. The ideal game to kick this season off is for the Rams to play the Bills. You've got LA Rams Super Bowl winners who, um, and they were such a complete kind of team last year. But the one thing that has happened is Von Miller, the guy who they brought in on defense to compliment Aaron Donald and who did make a massive difference. He's now gone to the Bills. They kind of spent quite a bit of picks, you know, and leverage to kind of get him. But he actually went after winning the ring and he's gone to the Bills. So that adds a little bit of spice to it, let alone the fact that the Bills were arguably the strongest team on paper in the AFC last year. He was a great distraction. He took the focus off Donald that left Donald able to get around and do his job better because they they were looking at Miller as well. And without that distraction, is the focus now going to be back on Aaron Donald again? Does that mean that Aaron Donald's going to be less effective? Yeah. Yeah, and... It, that it will be really interesting. Yeah, so it's such a great kind of exciting one to start. It, it, it could well be the Super Bowl preview. So that's my game one to look forward to. What have you picked, Ralph? I also have a game one game, but I won't talk about that now. I'll talk about that a bit later. I think one of the ones I'm interested in watching that's going to happen on a festive period, and we're looking at on the 24th of December, we have the replay of the Immaculate Reception, where Franco Harris picked up the ball, if people didn't know. Um, whether or not it touched the ground or not, no one will ever know. Only the people that were at the stadium will ever be able because the camera views weren't what they are now. And we have a new Harris in town for the Steelers and they're going to be playing the Raiders. And we don't know what the Raiders are going to be like. The Raiders could be phenomenal this year with the introduction of Devontae Adams. And we could have two really, really strong teams that are heading into the playoffs that have potentially got really good chances of winning their conference I think it'll be great for all those old guys from the Steelers Nation who have still got their Franco Harris jerseys tucked away from 1972, going from one great rookie to a second great rookie. Najee Harris didn't break Franco Harris's records last year, but everyone knows he is the future for the Steelers. And as much as the schedule is set by algorithms there is a bit of human touch in there that has set this up to be this game at this time reenacting this situation and i think that adds to the romance that's involved with the nfl absolutely and it's falling on christmas eve isn't it so uh, 24th of december yeah 24th of december and it's 50 years and a day to the anniversary of it the last time they played each other was three years ago because of the afc kind of uh Mm -hmm. Interdivisional because it's one play. every three years they play, they have the opportunity to play yes. each other. Yeah, 
yet. And then once every four years, if they if they were playing in an NFC team that they hadn't been kind of seeded against because of their position against stuff like that. Yes. So actually, the fact that it's been thrown up and then they've landed it on there on Christmas Eve. The and also of the Harrises, the whole thing is, is so yeah. well scripted, isn't it? And then also I've read that they've just announced that I think they're going to get quite a few Steelers legends along for that night. Mm-hmm. So I think it should be a really special occasion, kind of celebrating quite an amazing moment 50 years ago. As you say, it could be two teams trying to push their ways in, into playoff contention mm-hmm. or or even if they're higher and above that, kind of cement first places or whatever. Which kind of leads me on to one of my other choices. Mm. And that is the Raiders versus Chargers in their in their opening game, because I'm just really keen to see how the Raiders are going to look. You know the changes that have happened. Is this big change that they've made in the off season going to really set them up for just a really dynamic season? And against Justin Herbert, who is just a phenomenal quarterback, with Eckler, who I think was the third strongest running back last year, or yeah. second or third. Absolutely. And obviously, the Chargers have strengthened on the defence, mm-hmm. you know, with Khalil Mack and JC Jackson of special note. But also, you've got a new coach in, head coach in for the Raiders, in Josh McDaniel, you know, a real kind of. What's his uh, background, Rob? Where's he come from? Patriots. So he's Belichick and he is one of the most widely respected offensive coordinators in the whole game and obviously has been there for so many Patriots wins. The only thing that's kind of marked his card is that he went to the Broncos as head coach, uh, you know, about 10 years ago and basically failed. Uh, And uh, obviously he's learned a lot on the way, but he went back from that and then kind of went back to the Patriots to be the offensive coordinator for the last kind of, you know, eight, nine years and stuff and work under Bill Belichick win Super Bowl rings uh, and be wildly, widely held as one of the best, you know, offensive coordinators in the game. You know, the, the Devontae Adams and all the other pieces that, that the Raiders are putting together, you know, there's a real excitement to see what Josh McDaniels can do as head coach of the Raiders. Him having learned from his experience at the Broncos a long time ago. So we've looked at two of mine, Rob. Now, what's your second one? What's the schedule brought to your attention? Well, I'm not the only one to ha- to have seen this one and and be excited by it. is is a rematch of the, of the Super Bowl from two years ago. They haven't played since, and so this is a, a chance for the Bucks to play the Chiefs at Tampa Bay, where the Super Bowl was held. And Tampa Bay, it was fair to say, demolished the Chiefs, which no one quite expected, but they did. Mm-hmm. So the schedule gods have, have brought that one, and it's coming quite early in the season, week four, I believe, and just a chance to see those two teams go toe to toe. I mean, again, that could have easily been the Super Bowl last season. Tampa Bay looked so strong last year, and it was only a little bit of a duff game against the Rams, which you didn't quite see coming. That meant that, and then obviously the Chiefs got through to the AFC Championship game and got beaten by the Bengals, and again, it could have easily gone the other way. We could have easily had a, that being rematched for the Super Bowl. So to see those two teams, those two quarterbacks, we've got new wide receivers at the Chiefs. We've got a largely very strong-looking Bucks, obviously after Tom Brady's limited retirement. Um, <laughs> I'm not here. I'm here. It's yeah. just two real top top contenders playing, and I and and that's just such an exciting game. What do you think, Ralph? Well, the Chiefs have lost lost a couple of key players, haven't they? They've still got Kelsey, who's obviously a tight end and someone I'll be watching closely throughout the whole season. Hopefully 
on one of my fantasy teams at least um <laughs> but it never seems to happen for some reason um the loss of matthew from defense for the yes. is big i also think the loss of hill on the offense that's a you know two big changes with that team yeah. now question do you know the answer that's the big thing Adomakan Sue, is he still at the Bucks? Um, that I cannot answer, not off the top of my head. Uh, I, I thought he'd gone, I thought he'd gone somewhere. I think I read that he, uh, and I feel like I just need to look at this up. Uh, you just uh, need to research that because that would make a big difference. I think they've lost Godwin, so they've only really got Lenny Fournette, really. But although they picked up, I think they picked up a running back in in the draft. They haven't got a seat other season running back other than Leonard Fournette for the Bucks, so by week four he'll get a bit to bounced around. Depends what their usage is like of him. Yeah, it's it's going to be different, isn't it? It's, you know, they're different teams. Um, I think Tom Brady familiarity. Tom Brady is a lover of familiarity, and I think the fact that he'll have Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette's going to get a lot of ball. You know. Um, mm. It'll be interesting to see what the Bucks are doing without Bruce Arians. You know, if they're better, if they're worse. Different people had different viewpoints about whether they not they thought that mm. Bruce Arians was good for the team or bad for the team. I thought I, I really liked him as a coach. My viewpoint is they potentially could be a little bit worse. But yeah, that's a good call, Rob. A health check for those two teams running yeah. into the season. Because the Chiefs started so poorly last season, right? Yes, they had a little tough run in, you know. Because wasn't it um, Todd Bowles that worked out how to defend against them? Yes, I, th- I think I think it was, and, and he'd kind of sussed them out. And I think, obviously, a lot of other NFL teams caught on to that as well. And um, Too high, I think that's what yeah. it's called, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I need to learn a little bit more about. I don't fully understand what a too high defence is, but I, I know it works against Patrick Mahomes, and that's yes. what everyone found out. But it's whether or not with the new offense they're yeah. looking for something to improve so they couldn't be so predictable. Yeah, but that's a good game. Yeah, I agree with you. And then third game, Rob, what's your third game? Do you want to do yours or do you want me to do mine? Third game is interesting because, again, I, I think I've touched on unique things about the NFL or, or the trends or changes. And I think this one is particularly kind of resonant of that. And I'm choosing the Packers versus Dolphins on the Christmas Day Christmas Day in America has always traditionally been an NBA day and they play five games a day. And obviously that's what everyone tunes into. But I think NFL have realised they want a bit of a piece of that pie. They've obviously had Christmas Day fall on a Sunday (laughs) as well. So that's where they feel that they can dig into it a bit more. And everyone loves a piece of pie, right? Everybody loves a bit of pie on Christmas. And uh, they've also seen how they own Thanksgiving as well and are a huge part of the celebrations of Thanksgiving in the States. Mm. That Yes, you have your family time and your dinners and your meals, but you've also got people who are just tuning in to the three games of Thanksgiving football, you know, throughout the afternoon into evening. And uh, they're looking to recreate that on Christmas. I'd be very surprised if they don't at least have two games on Christmas Day next year. It's important in this kind of wider trend thing, but I also think it's got the potential to be a really, really interesting game deep into the season. Inevitably, we're focusing on some of the key teams who won their divisions last year. And I think it's important also to look outside of that and look at some of the teams, hopefully, in the ascendancy. And I think the Dolphins should definitely be that with the exciting additions that they've made this year. And and they've got a chance to really, you know, push on and, and who knows 
could be really contending in that AFC East if things really start clicking. The Dolphins got a, a kind of tough first four games. And then after that, they've got kind of eight games, which were very, very winnable. And they could end up with an eight and two record and then coming in to play the Packers, who I'd be extremely surprised if, if they don't win the NFC North. This could be a real interesting game, contenders game. Dolphins with things clicking with Tyreek Hill and Tua and the additions to the you know RB room and then on defense and everything they're doing at that team. So it, yes, it's got a potential to, to have two real heavy hitters by that time goes on. What do you think, Ralph? Well, one of the things that was highlighted to me over the last couple of days was that Devontae Adams had a thousand more yards than the next wide receiver for the Packers. You're taking that out of the equation. Have they got the players who are going to run those routes that my favourite player, Aaron Rodgers, is going to be able to hit? I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Packers come up with this year. I think it's been very easy to look at them as a very well-established culture, but I'm not 100% sure that the trade that they made of getting rid of Adams was the right thing to do. And I don't know how quickly they'll be able to recover to that. It's very interesting. It will be interesting. By that part of the season, we're going to know a hell of a lot about how the backers are playing. We're going to know a hell of a lot about how the Dolphins are going to playing. And it could, they could be very even for lots of different reasons, even good or even bad. And it will yeah. be interesting to see which one they are. Absolutely. Okay? So my third game is also an opening game. And it's interesting to me because of my interest in the Steelers. And it's interesting for me because of the situation that the Steelers are in with their quarterbacks. And the team they're going to be playing is last year's runners-up in the Super Bowl, the Bengals. And I'm interested to see what the Bengals are like this year. Because obviously you highlighted the fact that they had a much easier run at getting to the Super Bowl than a lot of other people um, throughout the regular season. And then... They obviously stiffened their resolve and they won some great games in the playoffs to get themselves all the way to the Super Bowl. But they may have been less beaten up than other teams that were getting there because they were playing lesser teams on the way to get there. I spoke previously about the fact I'm quite interested to see how Mitch Trubisky does and I'd like to see him do well. And I'd like to see Pickett and him really have to push for that spot because I felt he was in a horrible system and he didn't get that opportunity to actually show his all. And I'd like to see him in a good culture, being given an opportunity and actually doing well. But this first game might be make or break, you know, and I quite like that sort of situation. I quite like the, the knife edge and which side of the dice is going to, you know, he's going to come under. And it's like, I'd like to see him do well, but at the same time, it's intriguing. I just want to know if the Steelers are going to be okay this season. Not, but not being funny. Um, but I just, well, I'd just love to see the improvements of what can be done without Big Ben. What their good draft has done to that team. Absolutely. No, it's intriguing. It's uh, you know, there's so much to to sift through about the Steelers. Look, we know will Trubisky be the starting quarterback come week one? Who the you hell know, knows? Which adds a little uh, frisson to it, and. Uh, <laughs> And then, you know, and again, you know, people are underplaying the, the Bengals, as I touched on, you know, the Bengals' chances this year to, to win a Super Bowl, partly because people saw that there was a momentum thing. But they had some really powerful key things that got them that far. And 
they've strengthened their biggest weakness, right, which was the offensive line, because obviously Joe Burrow got sacked so much and they still got to the Super Bowl and almost won it as well. So uh, and I think we touched on when you've got Joe Burrow and you've got, you know, a wide receiver like Jamar Chase, who is, you know, a real kind of generational talent and can create gaps and distance and, and you know, and separate separation from cornerbacks like almost like only the very very best can and then you've got a kicker like money mac who just nails it every time you just you know you're a points machine and you can withstand a team scoring some points against them because you've got the ability to knock up sevens and threes you know every opportunity mixon's there too right Uh, yeah and mixon let alone you know what he offers the way that Chase came into the league last year, I don't think anyone expects a rookie wide receiver to come in and make such a huge impact. So they were, they were working out how to deal with him, especially after the preseason was played that he was dropping balls and people weren't expecting him to be any good. And then suddenly, like <laughs> one or two games in, everyone was like, I think we've been hoodwinked. I think this guy can actually catch the ball and I think he's going to do some serious damage this year. And they were having to build their defences to counteract that. And they weren't really focusing. And this year, they'll be focusing a hell of a lot on stopping Jamar Chase. And it could be a really good opportunity for Mixon. If they start running the ball, he must be looking at the season and thinking, this is a really good opportunity for me. I've got an opportunity here to really show my mark on the game. What is it, the second, third season for him? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's third or, or maybe fourth. He's a few years in, but he's you know he's been really consistent mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he's got a chance to, to There's do nothing even... flash about him. But at the same time, if he does the basics well, fantastic. Yeah, he's Absolutely. no Jonathan Taylor, but there, there's only one Jonathan Taylor, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I have really good hopes for the Steelers and I have really good hopes for the Bengals. I'd like both of those fairy tales for me to come true. Absolutely, but if, if I had to put money on that game, I would I, I would put it on on Bengals just because of of the pedigree uh, and the things that they have had in place, and and obviously you know they made it to the Super Bowl for a reason. I, I I would I would back them. I know a guy called Joe who will take the money off you for that bet with the Bengals and the Steelers, <laughs> Rob, quite willingly. <laughs> It should be a fascinating encounter. And that's a really interesting one to choose because also if you look around and read around, that's not one that a lot of the kind of pundits are picking and stuff like that. But I think it's it got such a in, an interesting read that it can give us on, on both teams who, who aren't being evaluated maybe fairly. Do you know what I mean? Or, or are harder to, you know, to read because of perceived over-success, you know, and also trying to understand what's happening with the Steelers without Ben and who would, who would do it and what they can offer and what they can make the Steelers into. So I, I suppose that wraps up today. Um, we've kind of looked at the schedule. We've kind of looked at the anime going on and all of the different kind of things that have happened with the schedule release. As per usual, you can email us any questions, any suggestions at the NFL puddle at gmail.com more than happy to get back to you or include your comments within the next episode and we'll catch up with you in a week's time it's been good to chat to you rob it's been great to chat to you ralph and thank uh, you for having me. as per usual rob you're always welcome the, the puddle is always here for you <laughs> and uh we'll be catching up with you in a week's time all right see you mate Cheers, the best bye bye